Hello and welcome to Media Plus, the first of 2021. I don't know about you, but I have a little ritual with which I like to start the working week. Every Monday morning, I make a cup of tea, open the New York Times app on my iPad and read the Media Equation column by Ben Smith. Ben, of course, is former editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed News. I think he was the first person to have that role. Before that, he worked at Politico and having made his name in various New York City tabloids. I'm absolutely delighted that Ben is joining me now on Media Plus. Hi, Ben. Thanks for being here. Thanks for thanks for having me, Charlotte. Yeah. So there's a few things I generally want to talk to you about. Well, there's one specific story you did a few weeks ago that I want to talk to you about. But to start, I, I kind of want to get your impression of how 2020 went for Apple as a streaming company, as a media company, and perhaps more importantly, because we all want to start looking forward, what do you think the next 12 months has in store? You know, Apple is so strange in, in the world of, of these streamers because I think almost everybody else is looking at an ecosystem where there are maybe you know two maybe three maybe four winners and like everybody else is obliterated and it's a kind of like you know win or die situation um and so they're being incredibly aggressive i mean netflix pouring money into content hbo max you know putting these huge features on and just kind of flailing around like crazy um disney plus you know really landing incredibly effectively in this market and apple is just totally different attitude it's almost like a daysicle you know they've they they you know they have and i think this is what eddie q says to people they have you know they've got their they, they've got the distribution built in so they can take their time to get it right and that's how they've always done media it's how they did music it's how they did apple news which just took forever to go from being kind of a disaster not a disaster took forever from being a zero to being kind of a solid product from being, well, it went from being an RSS reader to something you actually might bother to subscribe to. Yeah, and if you're not a, if you're a sort of, I mean, if for instance you are Joe Biden, it's apparently how you get your news, you know. Yes. And, and so I think, like, I think they, they, you know, and that's, I think that's the main thing. They just don't seem to be in a hurry, and it's funny to see that in in a space where there's this kind of desperation that is, by the way, driving a bunch of really interesting shows and content and exciting stuff happening. And none of it is happening on Apple. Colm, what do you think, what would do you think could be happening on Apple? Are you seeing elsewhere that you, you're just, Apple is chilling out and as you say, taking its time to get it right. What are you seeing other people do right quicker? You know, I'm not a, like, I'm not, I don't want to like pretend to be or purport to be like a creative genius you know i don't want to so and i'm not sure i really have the language for it but i just think if you think about the kind of the hits that every other that mm. the other platforms are writing on apple hasn't really had any hits i think ted lasso is sort of what passes for one right now everyone comes back to ted lasso um and but and there's also i think probably the morning show probably yeah the morning show, I, li- I really liked the morning show the morning it's interesting <laughs> the morning show was like their shot in a way like they launched like okay we're doing like what hbo did we're going to be this sort of cool premium kind of in a way if you translated the apple brand into entertainment that's what it would be hbo you know the the slick yeah, premium I think, one. I think that's right um, um, and the morning show was like very much an hbo showtime mm. succession billions kind of big with the inside new york crowd huge stars big personalities Incre- they had this launch party in lincoln center that i went to in new york that was like and i sort of looked around and thought man they spent more on this party probably than the my entire budget for news at buzzfeed for a year 
Right. Um, <laughs> and well, who, I actually really, you I, I really liked with, that show. At the party. I'm really glad they're... Who was Sorry? at the Who was at the party? I'm intrigued to know what what an Apple TV party uh, you know, I, looks I don't like. Even, I, I don't. There were so many. I don't even know. There, I'm sure there were a lot of famous people there, but they took over like, you know, a few square blocks of Manhattan. Yeah, I remember the pictures just, that came was, out. Of it. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, Tim Cook and I think, and hanging out with Jennifer Anderson and Reese Witherspoon. I remember exactly, exactly. And so, and I'm psyched they're doing season two. It's, I mean, it, I really mm. enjoyed that show, but it, it did not. That didn't turn out to be their strategy. That's the only show, anything like that, and it's yeah. Sort defending of, it, Jacob, uh, I think people, I wasn't in the in the middle of a pandemic. I couldn't quite stomach defending Jacob, but it, it did well for a lot of people, particularly people who had been interested in like the book. Um, Ted Lasso is a bizarre thing that kind of has stood out on its own. Um, yeah, it's a Warner. It's also a Warner show that they bought, it, so which is not not which is often how the industry works. But, sure, but it, it, you don't get the sense of like a clarity of vision or a sense of like, oh yeah, this is an Apple show. The way when you watch HBO, you you really you know, know what, what yeah, that you, is. When you see Succession, you know who made it, even if you don't see the opening credits. Yeah. I mean, uh, HBO, like Warner may destroy that over the next six months, but that was HBO's thing. Yeah, and Disney, yeah. similarly, like you know exactly what you're getting. <laughs> you certainly do. Um, it was interesting. Bill, Bill Lawrence told me that, I, I think basically they only took it to Apple, uh, if I remember from my interview with Bill Lawrence when I discussed it with him and he was like, yeah, we knew Apple did drama, you know, high end drama. That was their signature, but we, this, they also like, were really into this. And anyway, yeah. that, that's paid off. But, um, and there's a host of like other documentaries and stuff as well that I think people have possibly not bothered to delve into in the way they might have on Netflix. But what's in, the reason I had, there's many reasons I had you on, but what caught my eye is, as I said, my Monday morning ritual is reading your column with a cup of tea here in the UK. Uh, and on December the 13th. That 30- makes me so happy. Thank you. <laughs> um, on the, your December the 13th column, nearly made me spit out my tea. It starts with Apple TV was making a show about Gorka, then Tim Cook found out. Um, that's the headline. And it basically was a story that there'd been a show in the works about uh was basically based on Gorka media everyone knew what it was about who the characters were meant to be and so on um and it sort of transpires through the story you tell in your column that as soon as Tim Cook found out that his company was making this program given Apple's how can we put this uncomfortable relationship should we say with Gorka media Mm -hmm. um and a particularly personal issue with uh, Tim Cook, because he he felt um, that Gorka outed him as gay. He, you know, he was no, a very I private. Don't, I don't know how he felt about it. He he has not talked about it. And mm. Lid, I think, has said that he wasn't really like he wasn't in the closet to anyone who knew him. And so right. I, I think, but they but they reported that he was gay for the first yeah, time. Yeah. Or reported on rumors that he was gay. And and I tried to I asked that. I mean, the, you know, Apple in its usual kind of loquacious way. I have, and I did <laughs> ask them it seems like it, it was sort of a crucial thing missing from the story of like, you know, was Tim Cook furious and harboring a grudge over that 2008 piece or did Tim Cook actually not really care because everybody, because his parents already knew and everybody knew. I just don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. It's an intriguing question and it's all part of this idea. You know, Tim Cook is a very, very private man as anyone who's followed Apple for any length of time knows. Um, he, yeah, he he's always, yeah, once he, he came out publicly, as you say, everyone around him kind of knew and there was no problem. But it, 
he obviously felt pushed to do this publicly, I think we can say. Uh, and yeah. whatever, and there's obviously the, the infamous incident of Gorka getting an iPhone 4, which uh, Tim Cook's predecessor, Steve Jobs, was very, very unhappy about. Uh, to say the least. And so this Gawker show disappeared yeah. on Apple TV+. Plus. Before we get into it, I, I want to go back because you're the favourite line from this column and the one that did genuinely nearly make me spit my tea out was where you uh, dis- uh, revealed that there's a show on Gawker being made by a company called Anonymous Content. Anonymous Content, yeah. you write, is partly controlled by yet another person close to Apple, Steve Jobs' widow, Lorraine Powell Jobs. It's, Glad you read to the end. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a great payoff as a column, and it's a kind of fascinating story of how tech and media have totally collapsed into each other, and the power <laughs> tech companies now have in the media space. And I guess that was a story you wanted to tell, really. Yeah, I think it's really you know a story about consolidation and i think it's not i think you know it's not the situation right now is not that there are only a couple places to get your show made and you know all Mm. of those places have the same are run by two people but we're kind of getting there and i think and this just struck me as a sort of important way station on 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 the way there i think you know so such a high percentage of content is made in a couple of places on the other hand it's a it's a high percentage of a larger pool of content than there's ever been right and sure star and there are places like stars i mean there are a lot of there actually are there's a lot of shows getting made that are not kind of going through these channels. I mean, I do think lurking the whole, you know, lurking behind really all of this, I think in the entertainment industry and the question of what, what are you allowed to make and where the red lines is the China stuff. And I do think that like that particular Apple and Apple really embodies it most purely, but I think Disney also would never make a show that was critical of China. Uh, Explain, how you mean that issue by Apple? I mean, it's a it's a topic that comes up in a variety of ways with Apple, from hardware to what it does in terms of privacy to even how it makes its products. China is at the centre of a lot of those stories. How do you think it sits in the in the media story of Apple? Well, I think it's just you know it's 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 this incredibly important and complex relationship both for Apple and for the Chinese government. I mean, it's a huge employer. It's a huge sort of bit of prestige that it's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a big, it's an important relationship. Tim Cook has obviously invested just massively in his relationship with Chinese leaders. I think there was a period where it was reported that Trump was essentially using him as an intermediary. <laughs> um, and so that, you know, so this is, you know, this is really central to their real business of making phones. The Chinese government is obviously very, very sensitive to things like, you know, random NBA coaches opinion, public opinions on Hong Kong protests or like, you know, Condé Nast once, I think GQ UK, was it put, um, one one of the the men's magazines that Condé owns put, um, put, said that, put, said that chairman, Xi was one of the world's uh, worst dressed men. Okay. And, um, and they took it off the internet because they have such, you know, because Vogue China is this huge business for them. Right, right, And I right. think, so for Apple, like, their real business is selling phones, and 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 they're, they're not going to do anything on the media side or anywhere else that endangers their real business. And the one thing that was striking to me is that they are totally blunt to creators about it. And they, one person who works with them said that he was told that, um, you know, the two rules are no hardcore nudity and nothing bad about China. Yeah. And I think, and- that's, I think that's a real... 
I think that's going to be a hard stance to maintain and operate as an American company in the medium term. Like, I think that's going to be a real political problem for them. Yes, it's it's a, it was the reason why for lots of years people thought Apple didn't bother making original content because it couldn't be bothered to deal with that extra layer of political issues. Yeah, anything that you're right. They, I mean, they have a real consumer brand. They, there are all sorts of reasons they don't want to get into them. But yeah. it's it's also interesting, and I've used the example in, on so many occasions. Everyone thought and knew that Apple TV Plus was going to be a bit tame. Uh, and the reviews yeah. for the shows initially were really not good. Right. And then we had the first sequence of The Morning Show, which was the first thing most people watched. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, The Morning Show as a whole is pretty gritty and, you know, yeah, there's swear time. words and sex and drugs and rock and roll. And yeah. it wasn't what we thought. And the the bit of when you were telling the story related to the, the Gawker, uh, potential Gawker program, that stood out to me was during the process of before we seen anything on Apple TV plus, we'd heard notes of, I, th- I think it was Tim Cook and it was Apple execs really being quite heavy handed in telling creators what was okay, including yeah. there was a note, I think, again, I think it was Tim Cook saying, you know, do, do, can't they be nicer to each other or something? Um, and we, everyone was kind of skeptical about how much Apple execs, who are used to dealing with logistics and, as you say, selling phones, were going to be mm-hmm. what what role they were going to play. And your story and your insights seem to indicate they still play quite a big role. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a little unclear, honestly. It's such a top-down company. It's run been run by the same guys for 30 years. And what I'm told is that the executives who run the studio, um, Jamie and Zach, um, yeah. that they... Jamie Alec and Zach Van Amberg. Yeah, who came from Sony. And who, by the way, they championed Breaking Bad at Sony, which is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like, was very, felt very risky at the time. Um, hmm. That they... Um, that, that there's a sense that, like, they're constantly looking over their shoulders at, well, like, what 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 might Eddie want? What might Tim want? What's the Apple brand? Are we going to get ourselves into trouble with our bosses over this thing or that thing? And that that's just sort of always lurking in the background. So those guys who are directly running Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. and directly deciding what content airs or not are more concerned, uh, you know, have this kind of extra layer of what they need to navigate in terms of the content they want to produce. Um, yeah. And I, it's hard to, you know, I think Apple is just, I mean, we're watching Apple news develop very successfully. I think in Apple music, like it is a careful, careful, slow moving place that, that considers the risk to its core business a mm. lot. And when it does anything else and mm. you know, thinks long and hard about anything. And so I think there's a, there's a climate of sort of nervousness that, doesn't lend itself to the kind of risk-taking breakout hits that have defined these other services. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, perhaps if, if one of those guys was sitting here, they would point to some of the shows as being a bit risky. The, you know, things yeah. like Servant are a bit uncomfortable to watch. Dickinson yeah. is, at, you know, maybe risque if not risky. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think I agree that they didn't. You know, there was this sense of like it was going to be like, you know, Disney, but like less less edgy, right? And right, that right, right. At all. It, it seems like it's a bit all over the map, but it's not. Um, 
And I don't think it's a coincidence that they're not doing anything that anyone's talking about, right? Like they're not doing anything that really breaks China, but they haven't yet. Maybe they will. Yeah, well. And it's a little uh, hard to put your, I mean, honestly, like it's, it's hard to, that's not exactly a genre. It's more like, you know what shows you're talking about and that everybody's talking about and it has not mm. been Apple shows. Not no, that there haven't I, been really good shows, by the way. Yeah, I, I, and, and I think that, and I think that's sort of true of Apple Music too. Like it's the second biggest streaming service in the world, but you hear people talk about Spotify constantly. Mm. And I think that there's an argument for you know what we can be. We it, like there's a a lot of consumers for whom a good enough thing that comes pre-installed is beats a somewhat better thing that I have to like go deal with the internet about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And particularly the way Apple is bundling up its services now, people might just yeah. go for fourteen ninety nine, $29.99, whatever. I'm just going to have the whole thing and not have, you know, one payment, don't have to worry about it again. Um, yeah. I think there's definitely an element to that. And I think that, yeah, people, Ted Lasso probably is the show that most people suddenly would talk, had, you know, I wouldn't quite compare it to the Tiger King, uh, the Tiger King phase of the pandemic, as we will now call it, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. there was a point where that there's, there's always points, isn't there, where there's only certain shows that people are talking about. Tiger King, The Queen's Gambit, uh, you know, different places, perhaps Picard, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And perhaps with the exception of Ted Lasso, Apple never quite had that. But I suspect if you ask people, did you watch this Apple TV thing plus thing with your free subscription and did you enjoy it? A lot of the time the yeah. answer to that is yes. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and, that, and that's actually like, that's, that's kind of a low bar and sure. they're clearing it. I mean, it's the like, right. It's, I mean, Joe Biden is the absolute perfect audience for this stuff, right? <laughs> like just like a, a, regular American an who's a, bit, a regular American who's like, didn't grow up with these technologies, but isn't an idiot. And like, but doesn't want to go like browsing the app store for which streaming service just wants to like watch a show on the train on the Amtrak from Wilmington, you know, and like, <laughs> and wants to get some news alerts about the big news of the day. And like, I think that's a lot of people. That's totally, that's, you know, that he's to the American people elected. It was Apple, you know, it was basically an iPhone or whatever. And no, that's not quite right. <laughs> but it was like an Apple, not, not the phone, but the app, right? Like yeah, the sort yeah. of good enough, he works doesn't crash all the time you know it's not the best thing but it's fine is yeah it? and, and they finally the, that's improved. what all the native apps are right yeah i mean they've they've proved they finally improved the tv app um yeah because I mean, it used to you used to not be able to even find tv plus content are there on any it. app are there any categories where the apple native app is 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 better is, is actually the best one like it's it's not the best podcast app but it's okay it's it's not the best tv app but it's okay it's not Ooh. the best music app but it's okay it's not the best weather app, but it's fine. Are there any categories where it's like the best? So I think it probably is the best podcast app, but maybe that is because I'm also exactly as you're describing, can't be bothered to go and divert all my right. my podcast downloads to something else. Right. But the power users of podcasts use over, I use overcast, highly recommend. Right. But like, yeah, but, but, but you don't, but yeah, but unless you're like, I only even know about Overcast because I was like interviewing the CEO of a podcast company, right? Like right, that's, right, right. And was perfectly ha- happy with the Apple one. Yeah, I just want my shows that, you know, I can listen to lots of shows. It works with my Alexa in the other room. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, a, it's an interesting I say, question. I would say, and this is where I think there are these questions of antitrust and sort of monopoly, like it's a mediocre app whose existence and the way it functioned kind of stunted podcasting for a long time. You know, you couldn't, 
that, that you couldn't link to specific places in shows. You couldn't, you couldn't do a subscription only podcast. There were all sorts of technical features that made, that made it, that, that you know, because Apple was the sort of monopoly podcast app for a long time. Um, it was like, you know, it was free and good enough, but it, but it, I think it kind of stunted the growth of the, in the business of audio because Apple actually wasn't particularly commercially interested in it. wasn't particularly investing in it and wasn't particularly interested in helping people build businesses, which to Apple are just a total rounding error on a rounding error. The entire podcast industry is a tiny yeah. number for Apple. And so, you know, you're sort of trying to build your industry, you know, in the shadow of this huge giant who just couldn't care less and is, and, it, and you're doing it in this, they're sort of, you know, an app they don't care about. And it's, I do think that's, a, I think that's, I mean, that to me is the thing about these, about Apple, about these apps and about these Apple media stuff that kind of makes me nervous is it's always going to be secondary to their broader corporate goals. Secondary if you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if anyone from Apple who ran those divisions were here, they would furiously deny what you're saying. You know, so they, they are incredibly capable people who are often like real, like product kind of crafts people and great at what they do. Yeah, and like, But the, the place people, moves very, 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 very slowly. And if somebody, yes. you know, if somebody, is if fun. one of their customers or one of their users has a really great idea for how to make the podcast app better, I mean, in a few years, it could be in place, but that's not happening. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a very careful place. Yeah, but, I mean, and then I think that it's allowed these other apps that are totally, totally focused on a single thing to run circles around them. Yeah, I mean, the perfect example of that, in my opinion, is the TV app that you mentioned before. It, it a year after the service launched, over a year after the service launched, it finally has a TV Plus tab to make it easy to find the show Apple's own shows on it. Yeah, that took over a year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can see what you say. But that kind of, to me, contrasts with the the other part of the story that you've told and what we're discussing, which is that the the people, at, even at the very, very top of this huge, as you say, often sometimes quite slow-moving company, seem to really care about the content that is put out in their name. Yeah, I don't think that's a good thing, right? Like, you know, the CEO of the New York times isn't writing my articles or like vetoing them even or seeing most of them before they are published. <laughs> and the C and, and, and Reed Hastings isn't micromanaging Netflix. Like, I mean, imagine how bad HBO would get if John Stanky was the guy <laughs> making creative calls, right? Like yeah. there's a reason. That, and, and I think it's, I think that likely the sort of direction of travel for all those companies is to align themselves more with their sort of corporate headquarters in Dallas um, but that's obviously bad for the content. And I think, I mean, the thing about Ted Lasso, which is a decent show, but like, I mean, there's this almost game of how many Apple products can you get into each shot of so, that show. There's one where he has two computers on his desk and the phone. And there's others where he's like, like Siri is basically a character in the show. I mean, it's painful. So I, when I did reviews of a couple of shows, particularly the morning show, I did make a comment on this. Like the first shot of the morning show is someone, an iPhone going off. Um, someone's iPhone alarm going off, I think. And, and I yeah. have commented on this and laughed at it. Uh, and I actually had the temerity to put it to Bill Lawrence. I was like, come mm -hmm. on, how much Apple stuff did they just make <laughs> you use in the show? And he was like, well, think about it. If you, you need computers for a set, 
if you making a show for a computer company, why would you not ask them to give you computers? Okay, Siri. I mean, come on. Listen, I'm I'm just sharing the quote. That's all I can tell I know. you. No, and I doubt there was a directive. I mean, that's sort of the weirdness of it. I'm not sure there's like a directive. You just get the sense that people on these sets are like, what will Tim Cook say if, for instance, he sees that some character has thrown a phone and it was damaged? We got to tell you that. We got to cut that scene. Yeah, I mean, the, the other argument is apparent is Mythic Quest. Um, they, you know, it's about com- computer games makers and programmers, and there's not, mm. a, it's not totally uh, inundated with Apple machines and computers in the set. You know, the developers are not sitting working on a on MacBooks and things in yeah, the same I don't way. Think it's, again, I don't think it's some sort of total mandate. I just think it's the sort of you know, it just seems like it's a thing that happens when you work at Apple. So do you think uh, in the, as the years the year goes on and hopefully we have other things to do apart from what, what streaming to services, um, do, do you think Apple is going to continue to push, A, push its service and B, where, where do you see it going? If we're having this conversation in 12 months' time, do you think you'll be saying the same things, oh, they're a bit weird about China and there's still loads of iPhones in Apple TV plus shows and those kind of things. How do we think the, the I mean, brand I think is they will shifting. never do a show that is culturally divisive, damages their corporate brand, causes controversy, or has the potential to do any of those things. Mm. And that that's a big limiting factor on their success. But also I think they'll be really patient and continue to produce some pretty good stuff and probably have some hits and like that there's lots of, there's lots of, I mean, there's lots of room in the middle and I think soon they'll kind of hang out there and it'll be, yeah. And if you're riding the Amtrak from Wilmington and you can't be bothered to subscribe to anything else, um, you can, uh, you know, you can watch some good stuff on there. You don't think anyone's ever going to come up with the phrase Apple TV plus and chill. (laughs) Apple TV plus and drift gently to sleep. (laughs) You've given me the title of the show. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure yeah, chatting. Thanks for, having, thanks for having me. Nice to meet you. And thank you so much for joining me. I do hope you'll subscribe to the show, share it with people you think might be interested, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.